Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Vibe higher, bitch. Vibe higher. 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 What we need to do is see the world in you and see the world in me. And when we get into our bones, we wake up to the moans of freedom, of freedom. So like. Like a track's like when we get on the mic, we got that pussy on type. And the vortex all right, got them all calling out. Vibe higher, bitch. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Superficial Magic. I am your host, Megan Granger. And as always, I am joined by co-host Dana Moon. Hi. Today's episode is very special. We are joined by Dr. Deer and Beverly Hills. And boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. He is a good dude. He is amazing. And I like him immediately because we... He's so welcoming. He's so welcoming. Like, he's just a kind person, even just yes. as a man. Yeah. And he's very spiritual and he's very cool. And he's friends with some of my friends. And every party I've like cornered him and just talked his ear off. And he has a beautiful wife who is just like glad to, I'm sure, have both of us off of her hands for a while. So I'm obsessed. He is a facial plastic surgeon. So yeah. he only does from the neck up. Yep. And uh, we kind of get into the spirituality behind plastic surgery and the shame. And we kind of uncover why there why there is so much goddamn shame with plastic surgery. Exactly. Because as you guys know, I love me some plastic surgery. Um, you can be spiritual and a little bit vain, right? Totally. Got the fake titties right here. Dana looks at them all the time. I do. And I also... Uh, Megan catches me and then I, I try to play it off like I don't <laughs> in my defense I'm admiring they're out I'm admiring the doctor's good work uh, literally and they're out and, and they're, yeah they're always out we were at Whole Foods the other day though and I was like Dana like you literally have to make eye contact with me at least for one third of this conversation <laughs> I like boobies. You were, I like boobies. You were telling us you used to hide in your sister's closet to see her boobs. I was telling you guys this story and I think I revealed way too much about who I truly am. And and as I was telling the story, I was like, oh, my God, I'm actually psycho. I was crying, <laughs> laughing because this is so true. So my sister got my older sister got boobs before me. And I was really flat chested for like a really long time. And she developed really young. And so we shared a room. So I would try to sneak a peek at, at damn titties. But no, that's normal. But and you guys, I was telling you guys that story. You were like, oh, no, like, that's totally fine. People do that. I was like, no, 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 no. I would hide in the closet. <laughs> I knew her changing schedule. You said so, you would wait for the shower to get steamy and run in. Oh, so, so I had a shower move. So I, I, people, you can try this at home, but may, maybe not. Um, um, no, don't try this at home. <laughs> no one try this anywhere. Okay. Peeking through the closet, through the cracks to see her change. And she always caught me and would be like, mom, yeah, Dana's shit. watching me change again. <laughs> so then I had to switch my closet move into the shower move, which was, I would wait for it for a perfect amount of steam. I would see the steam come out of the bathroom. You were like a scientist. Actually. And I would go, there's enough steam to where I can kind of open the door and like lurk in the bathroom. <laughs> and I had my little, I would hunch over a little bit and I would just squint and try to get, you know, a little bit of booby action. And I was always caught. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it's just curiosity, right? It's just curiosity. It's it's you know the human body. It's yeah. all good, and uh, I think I think the kind of theme of this podcast is a lot of um. It, it it was born out of a moment I had where a spiritual woman in this community shamed me for getting Botox, and I was just kind of like I I don't understand. You know I I'm honest about what I what I do, and I get Botox, and she was like. You could be spending that money in third world countries. You could be, you know, you're not setting a good example. And I was like, you know, you, yes, I should be. And I want to definitely do more for the planet. But you can make that argument for any luxury item we have as Americans. And I don't really care about cars or 
stuff like that. I, I like a little injections in my face sometimes. Not a lot. Um, you know, whatever. I saw this bitch getting Botox at my place. Wow. Wow. I and mean, she saw me, saw her. Like the door, I, I, I was like, wow, you are crazy. Yeah. So I just think we should bring light to things that people hide in the dark because whatever you can do what you want in this world if it's not hurting anyone and we don't have to be quiet about it and I hope to get much more stuff done with Dr. Deer yeah and I think like there's a lot of judgment with a lot of plastic surgery and I feel like I only judge it because I can't afford it (laughs) so I'm like god damn her (laughs) But, like, I secretly, like, if we could all afford to get the work we want, I don't think we would really be judging it as harsh. Well, and I, I love the point he made most of all, which is that, like, nobody needs it. No, n- nobody cares, really. It's all about your confidence. And if you were able to just feel the confidence of, like, he's gotten a nose job, actually, which he talks about, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, if if you just had the confidence you would get from plastic surgery right now, um, you wouldn't have to get it. It's all just a confidence thing. So he kind of goes into a lot about plastic surgery, but also a lot into just getting the confidence before you have to do that. And I like that he interviews people before he does work on them to make sure that they're like in the right mental state and they're not doing it for the wrong reason. Dude, he's like a cop. He he like gets in. The, I'm like, I, I promise you, I, I, I want it. I can do it. I'm normal. I can handle it. I, I, I like put on a show. Megan and I get Botox on while like literally while we're recording we get bo- it was your first botox it was my first botox ever um we have video of it which we're gonna put on our social media yes so that's pretty exciting um and it didn't hurt no you can barely feel you it can barely feel it and i talked to him about wanting a nose job which i'm retracting <gasps> thank god because of a moment i had this week um this makes me so happy did i tell you about going to play dodgeball no um, my friend Nick was like, Hey, we need a girl to play dodgeball. Also, you really are a Wisconsin dad. Yeah. Yeah. True. That You're w- like trying to escape your yeah. wife and kids to play yeah. dodgeball. I- exactly. He he was like, and get out of beer. the house. Let's, let's play some dodgeball. I was like, Oh my God. I go with him. Who's Nick? Why don't I know who Nick is? He's one of my East side friends. Wow. You have friends without me. Yeah. Is he a coffee bean guy? Yeah. Yeah. Megan has coffee bean friends. Oh my gosh. It's the funniest thing ever. And like one of them's like, isn't one of them like really old? Yeah. He's like 80 and he waits <laughs> for me every day. <laughs> and sometimes I don't go and like, I feel really bad. Megan goes to Coffee Bean and she knows everybody there and she's like friends with them. And I'm like, how do you know these people? I'm the and mayor she's of like, Coffee Bean. She's like, oh, just from, just from going. Yeah. Just from going. <laughs> okay. Listen. I'm sorry, but that's, it's weird. It's weird. But I like it. I go to this place. Everyone, it's in a gym. Everyone's in knee pads. Isn't it outside? No. It's inside. Goggles. We're in like a gym. It is vicious. There are a few people. There's professional dodgeball players. And some of them practice here. The people had bloody noses. Jesus. It was so fun. People were throwing this ball like a baseball. As hard as. And I was like. Oh my God. Don't hit my face. Don't hit my face. And I realized like. I don't want to change my face. <gasps> Yay. Thank you. <laughs> That's so exciting. Yeah. So um, also you went to like gym class. I went to gym class. I almost had a heart attack. Everyone tries to like escape that of their high school years. And Megan's like, as an adult, I'm just going to sign up for this. There was literally like an actor from Game of Thrones. And then my like Asian grocer from below me both there this woman she's like probably in her 40s like vigorously playing dodgeball it was a world of all people i feel like it would be fun if it was just cash it was not cash there was no cash people would like fake you out like they pretend to throw it at you and then throw it another way i I was like i can't actually handle this no because i played three games and just stood against the wall the whole time and then was like i'm not doing this and sat down because i i saw somebody's nose start bleeding like no ugh, no I'm not a sports person. Yeah, duh. I mean, like, I can run. Yeah. 
obviously I talk about running a lot. I'm really good at it. I can go long distances. I can do some sprints. I can she, run hills. She runs you guys. Guys, I, did I mention I run? Because I definitely run. I just want everybody to, um, oh, here, I wrote this down. I just want everybody to listen to this, except if you get like super triggered by this kind of stuff, like beauty stuff, or if you feel um, pressured to look a certain way, whatever. Don't don't listen to it then. This is just for fun and take care of yourself. I like that. But a lot of it is um, it's a it's confidence. Yeah, it's all confidence. No, no, uh, no, no need to get plastic surgery here. Okay, All right. Well. Where can they find you on Facebook or Instagram or all of it? Um, At Dana Moonme on Instagram. And what about for you? At Megan Granger. And you can find Dr. Deer at Deer Plastic Surgery, D-H-I-R. He is the dude to go to. He even does Skype consultations, actually. So he's so pragmatic and just a good surgeon and a good dude. So I would go to him for any, any wants. And he's spiritual. And the first thing he, spiritual. the first thing he did to us was show us his around his office the best view overlooking the Hollywood sign overlooking all of Beverly Hills, and he's like, just you know have a moment and like send out what you want to receive back. And I thought that was like, oh yeah, that was remember so cool. we that was like our first interaction. I was like, oh this is gonna be a good episode. This guy knows he what's gets up. It. He gets it, and you guys get it. He gets it. We all get it. And guess what? We're all confident together. <laughs> Follow us on uh, Facebook, the Facebook Superficial Magic Vibrators group. Also, rate us five stars and give it a great review and uh, share it with a friend. Share it with a friend. And if you already wrote a review, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And we, and we all have more confidence. <laughs> Joy. <laughs> I just keep saying confidence. You seem really spiritual to me. Inside, yeah. You're really connected. Well, I like to try, especially in plastic surgery. Like, I think most of it's just connecting. Uh, I think I have that in, inside of me with my friendships. I like to go deep. I love to enjoy. I like to, like, share. Yeah. I always like to share myself, too. I picked up on that immediately within meeting you. I was like, oh, he's, like, connected. He's one of my favorite people. You are so fun. You are so kind. Oh and I just love that you are a plastic surgeon because I also love plastic surgery. <laughs> it's a great thing to love. So <laughs> much. And... We were kind of talking about how to frame this on the way over here. And I think one of the interesting things that we can talk about is just not having shame about what you like. Right. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's what you guys are kind of doing in your podcast is kind of blurring the lines, right? Yeah. That's the name of your show, Exactly. Superficial could be a negative term, right? Exactly. You guys brought it up and then you got magic, right? Mm -hmm. Magic is kind of magical. Exactly. So I I think that's a great, when I heard the name of the show, like I was super interested, especially after knowing you and hearing that you partnered up with someone who's like, you know, a comedian, which always lightens the mood for everything, right? So Mm. it's easier to talk to a comedian about deep things because they can lighten it quickly. Exactly. So I was really interested in this because I think this is what I think it's evolved over time, but it's what I do and it's what I connect with patients and to have someone like you kind of super interested in it and kind of joke about it as well as make it real. I'm all in. And I have the face for radio. So this is great. Yeah, right. You're gorgeous. Okay. I even put makeup on, but (laughs) for my show. Tell us about, let's start off with your, your experience. Oh my gosh, we're going to write a meal already. Yeah. I think what I usually do is I get to learn about you guys No, first. we're going to start. You're, you're, you're the guest. You're a guest. Yeah, oh, really? We want to know your background. Well, I want to first know about like how you guys started this show and what your mission statement of this show Our is. Our mission statement is fun. Damn. One really? point off. Is it? Yeah. It's fun? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. I guess it's fun. See what, see what I've done here. I've caused. I've caused, <laughs> caused distress. I want to see how this works out. I mean, I, like I wasn't this. done with the sentence. Our mission okay. statement is fun with God. Wow. There's a spiritual oh, fun component. with God. I like that. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. you? What do you feel? Um, I. These are things that I spirituality like enlightenment like all that stuff consciousness it's like I feel like it's weird for me to be a comic and also like I'm silly and weird but I'm also believe in the universe and I love talking about law of attraction and universal stuff and growth and like the deeper issues right right Abraham Hicks Hicks. so this podcast I think just blends like everything about life it's not like we have to be these like weird monk sisters 
in Joshua Tree, like right. praying to God, the God and being like, we're so spiritual. Right. Like we can be, you know, superficial. But on and the opposite, funny and opposite end of yeah. that is, I mean, I don't know if anyone even knows who they're listening to, but I'm looking at two of the most beautiful women in LA. Absolutely. He's right. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a fact checker? Like, I guess Google, Google Images is fact checker. No, but like being beautiful. Like you guys are look healthy. You guys are dressed well. You take care of yourself. There's the opposite. I'm like, oh my God, do I have to be at a club all night and be this woman who has this, just because she's beautiful, she has to play this part. And then there's the opposite end of people who are spiritual. Do you have to be in a monastery to prove it? Isn't there like a happy in between, you know, or a discussion sure. to yeah. learn from both and be whoever we want to be? Because I think it all comes down to the personality of each person and where they want to be on that spectrum. But you have to have both. Absolutely. No? Absolutely. That was me when I just moved out here and I was 20. And I was like, I need to be at the clubs. Partying it up. Yeah. I need to be at the clubs. <laughs> From where we're sitting, we're at Dr. Deere's gorgeous Beverly Hills office. Like, come on. I can see Chanel. I can see all of it. I can see the Hollywood sign. Actually, I can see where we usually podcast. That red building right there is. Yeah, is, is that the, uh, fashion yeah and... that's where we. That's where we... I'm looking at Bank of America. <laughs> oh yeah, past that the colors <laughs> and a crate and barrel. Do you see the the building there? The beautiful red. Yeah. Oh, there's a Ralph Lauren. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, we've got some stuff. And there's Rodeo Drive. <laughs> Ro- rodeo Drive. Okay, yes. Okay. Totally. You can see how much I get out of this office. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's beautiful and it's perfect. And I don't know, I'm, I'm planning on getting all of my work done here forever. I imagine finding clients is like the easiest thing ever being right in Beverly Hills. That's so interesting because I think it's like, for example, if I said being a funny comedian in LA, you must find it so easy to get gigs, right? Cause yeah. I meet a lot of actors and things of that nature. We're all kind of in the same business because high competition, a lot of people who are very talented in one small area. Okay. So plastic surgery in LA is a great place to be because there's more availability of acceptance, more patience, et cetera. But there's a lot of us here and there's a lot of marketing that goes into this. And it's, it's tough because you want to get the right type of patient. Um, people are always going to the next best thing. There's Groupon. They've made it so it's so simple now to just get it. And they think it's a medical thing and there's feelings behind it. There's procedure behind it but it's kind of sometimes sold as a spa treatment when mm. and we'll talk about later what I think it should always be respected a little bit higher. Not that I'm against it, but there is, you know, a respectful way of doing all these things. It's our face, it's our body. So yeah, it's, I think it's, it's fun because there's an opportunity to do it, but it is difficult to get the right type of patient, make sure that we're marketing to the right person. It's a lot of stress when you take a face through surgery or through a procedure, I'm following up all the time. So it's hit or miss, you know, but that answer is hard for me to say, yes, I'm very blessed and it's very, great field and I think I've connected with my patients over a course of 10 years of being here but getting started was tough there's a lot of competition and there's a lot of big names and there's a lot of new people coming in all the time so yeah what is your idea of the right kind of patient oh gosh that's a great question you guys are just hard hitting right to the point (laughs) this is 60 minutes (laughs) Uh, I think the right patient it's interesting through the through what I've done through my career, I guess I can start from the beginning to get that answer, is that you know I was trained in New York City. And first of all, it's, it's an honor to be here with you guys. Um, I only do face, so a lot of my discussion is gonna be face. So I do nose jobs, facelifts, cheek implants, jaw implants, custom jaw implants, Botox and fillers for like facial rejuvenation, and of course machine things, so, and then cancer and trauma. And then I stop at the bottom of the neck. I don't do breasts, I don't do body, I don't do liposuction. I think the emotions are all the same, but I don't get that stuff. Face is really important to me. I had a nose job when I was 18. That's And I know what it feels like to have people say, you're beautiful the way you are, love the way you are on the inside. It's about what you do in life. And I totally agree with that. But there's a point when it's for me. And when I got my nose job, what I learned was that nobody cared. Nobody acted, treated me differently. People would say, oh, you're something new. And I say, I got my nose job. And they'd be like, oh, you never needed one when that was the exact person that maybe made comments. Mm. So people are very, didn't treat me differently, didn't change my life. I was already loved myself, already was on my road to where I wanted to be. But once I got it done, I realized that it was good for me. I felt more confident. I was able to present myself the way I wanted to be. And that meant a lot to me. And so I think that's what kind of led me down this road. So with facial plastic surgery is what I do. So my answers are going to be skewed towards that. So what's the right type of patient for me? Well... I think a lot of the, the show that I have, my series on YouTube. Oh my God, um, it is plastic. so good. You guys go binge plastic. Oh, go on. Oh, I love that you love it. And the first one was that's, 
I set it up where, not set it up, but I wanted to show what I feel is the process of plastic surgery. My tagline is, my patients are real people who have real concerns, and I want to address those. This is not a game. The before and afters we do is so ta-da, it's so magical. You know, and I, and I wanted to show everyone that there's a process, there's a person behind it, there's a healing process. There has to be the surgeon who's walking the patient through it because this is not going to fix any problems. Right. It's not going to take away any you know, anxieties, it's not going to take away some real things, but if it helps you along your path of health, confidence, whatever superficial part, mm -hmm. if it helps you, then I'm here for you. So that's what I wanted to show on the show. So my type of patient that works is usually kind of what I went through. So I interview my patients for about an hour the first time we meet. I get to know them. I want to know if they're dating That's someone. That's rare. Um, I hope it's not that rare, but I guess I've been told by now patients that it's rare and that makes me feel good that we're doing the right thing. But I want to get to know every patient, what you do for a living, where you want to go in life, how many people are around you kind of watching you. Are you an out extrovert? Are you an introvert? Are you the center of attention when you go out? Are you not the center of attention? Are you going through a major change in life? Why are you here? Is there a transition going on? So I get to learn all these things because I want to put it together because I don't want anyone to think I'm going to make your life better. I want to actually preserve what you have in your life and then see if I can intro into what's bothering the patient and then help them grow into whatever they want to go. And so that takes the time to learn that. So my type of patient is that who understands that this is, this is a real deal and I'm here for you. So people who come in who are like, this is going to make me happy. Yes. This is going to make me find a husband. You're like, no, no, no. Dude, you're so quick. I love this. This is going to be fun. <laughs> you totally made it better sounding than I did. I wish I just answered with that. But I've had a patient. You, and you just go pump the brakes. Let me refer you to a therapist first. Really? That's a really Then good come thing. back. Or, I mean, I think that, I don't know. I think that there's like this stigma with people who do plastic surgery and that they're shallow, right? Yes. And that um, they're not real and they are, you know, looking to kind of like enhance their beauty and like that's all they have to offer the world yes. when it's kind of the opposite. Right. I think like way. like what we just talked about at the beginning, we started out with their spirituality and then just being good yeah. looking. And I feel a lot of people think plastic surgery is part of that world. When I'm saying, I think it, there's a little bit of spiritualness to it too. And I know it's hard to talk about, but that's what we're talking about today is that I have patients who have come when I first started, came from New York and I was taught by my mentors that if you're a good surgeon, people come to you. It's a very old style referral only. And the patients in Fifth Avenue would come quietly and give gifts to my mentor like nobody noticed. And it was this beautiful way of doing it. And I come to LA because my wife, happy wife, happy life, here I am in LA. And I see a bus go by me and it says rhinoplasty in neon letters. <laughs> and my New heart world. started pounding. I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? Because I don't want to like advertise rhinoplasty is not something I'm selling. I, I would like to be that patients find me and we say, we've been waiting for you. So how do I do that? And that's why this show came out. I want to show how I connect and there's a story behind everything. And I think back to what you were saying was, is that, you know, I did at the first time, first couple of years, I had an actress come to me and said, and I got to know her and there was something off, but I didn't feel comfortable yet. So I kept on seeing if it was Wait, right for me. something off with an actress? Yeah, weird. Uh, that's so strange. <laughs> no way. We're editing that part. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was that she says to me, if I got this hump removed, got my tip up, I'm like, okay, we're on the same page. We have our goals match. She's like, I'll get more roles. Ooh. And that scared me. And I said, that puts too much pressure on this being the reason why she's not getting roles. I don't know the world of acting. I've learned more about it. And actresses lose roles or actresses lose roles for no reason particular to they wanted a different hairstyle. Right. Or they didn't like the joke or they knew someone else. It's really, really amazing what actors and actresses have to go through for rejection because it's not rejection. It could be anything, but it hurts. Exactly. I don't want to augment that pain if we get the nose job. You just want to augment their breasts. No, you don't do breasts, but still. I like the joke. I do like that too. I lost out on a bigger role in a short because I didn't have uh, them big titties. That if you had big titties, you would have gotten it. No, he literally had oh, this conversation with oh, me wow. because there's a part in the scene where um, the main character is like sad and there's like he like puts his head on her breast and it kind bosom. of bosom bosom and it kind of ends up motorboat situation. It's a comical motorboat. The short, I think I, I'm glad you didn't get it. I think no, I I got a part. Here's the the rest of the story. Like I got another part in it. 
I got a more like comical part Amazing. that I didn't have to be, you know, big titty girl. So I want to say, I don't think that's, um, I don't think that's a real thing anymore. I think if you're talented and like, if you're bringing, you know, comedy to a project or like maybe really good at drama, I don't think the, you know, boobs or like your nose, I don't think that matters right. anymore. Yeah, I think it's right? it's how you value yourself, though, right? So if you felt that your comedy was your value and you stood strong and did not yeah. do it and it led to something great, that you're already empowered. Yeah. And so, but if you came in now telling, I'm pretty sure it's certain now you're an empowered woman, but if you came to me, for example, and said, you want to talk to your nose and we had this conversation, I'd feel very confident to take you through that because you already have empowerment. So that's the patient that I'm trying to look for or yeah. I'm looking for is that they're fine the way they are, they're valued, this is for them and only for them. Mm. Does that make sense? Not to get something else. Yeah. Not like for a, a gain or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it could be okay. for love. It could be for a job, career. And I think anytime we sell ourselves for something else, I think that's where the conversation, like, oh, they're just big boos. They're fake. They're just mm -hmm. doing this for other people. Right. That's a deeper spiritual conversation because it can happen. There are things in the medical world called body dysmorphic, meaning they just never see themselves as others do. And it's an addiction. That can happen. We don't want that. That's unsafe for the patient. Then there's patients who like are start the process. If I do this, I'll get this. Well, that can lead to an addiction because they keep on see seeking it out. Right. And then I don't want to mess up that patient. So I do say no to patients. So I did say no to that patient. Really? Yeah, I said, I don't think I'm the right one for you. Um, here are some options. There are other, there's a great amount of surgeons with great talents in this town. I can give you names of people I trust and see if you connect with them and they, maybe they feel they can help you. Or maybe talk about get a coaching, life coaching therapy, and then if you feel differently, can come back, but I totally, with all respect, I don't think I'm the right one for you. So say if somebody becomes like addicted, right? Do you pick up on that? And you're like, you're addicted to plastic surgery. Like, uh, you know how people are addicted to getting tattoos. Right, I mean, there, I mean, even with my patients who I go very slow with, you know, we start with Botox, we do fillers, we do something slow. You like court them. What? I make, yeah. <laughs> Let's protect myself. <laughs> yeah. I think that the thing is, is there's so many fears of plastic surgery, right? I don't want to look like a chipmunk. I don't want to look right. like I got a surprise look, this Botox face. I don't want a nose that looks like a ski slope or looks too pinched. It looks plastic. It looks unnatural. There's all these fears. And so go slow with things is always easier because I build a relationship with them. I listen. I know how fast to go based on the responses to everything we do. Um, and so I like to go slow and then my results should be like for facial rejuvenation one year later rather than just like, you need this, 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 and this, and this. How do I trick you into doing my nose immediately? What are the right answers? Her nose is perfect. No, boring. Her nose is perfect. <laughs> she has such a beautiful face and she's going to mess it up. And I told, I told her this today. I said, I'm an honest friend and your nose is perfect and you are so beautiful and your face is symmetrical. And if you get your nose done and it messes up your face, I'm just going to be like, yo, you're not cute anymore. And what did I say? I said I would just be like, okay, I'm not cute. And I'd go to parties and be like, sorry, guys, I'm not cute anymore. <laughs> like, I'm so honest. If she gets her nose done and it doesn't, it does the opposite, I'm, I'm going to tell He's her. He's an artist. Look at him. He's going to make it look great. Can you give her, is her nose is perfect? Okay, so I think this is this is the beautiful thing. We have two people in front of me, which usually is the war in one person, right? Oh. I want it, and I'm so scared it's going to be bad, and what my results are going to be. So you're actually you're playing de you're, you're playing, devil's advocate. Yeah, and I mm -hmm. think that's great. That's two sides to every story, and I think that a lot of parents when they so I have for noses specifically, so noses, face face rejuvenations, all different conversations. So let's go with the nose one. Yeah, let's do that. So interesting about noses is that usually in junior high comes or something happens and we already know people who want their nose done, it's already set in stone at like a very young age. Yeah. And so parents, you're usually like the mom that comes in with a 16, 17, 18 year old because they want to go to college. They want to be who they want to be in college. They want to start over and just continue on. Mm -hmm. So the moms and dads are saying, I love you the way you are. What's going to happen if it's like this? I have to deal with that dynamic. Mm. Okay. So no friend and no parent will ever tell a person you need a nose job. Ever. So it'll never happen. And I tell mom that the patient that too, the fact that they're sitting next to you listening to it is as far as it'll go. Mm. They'll never say you need one. So mm. the thing is, I don't have to convince her because right. it's your nose. Right. But let's talk about it and let's just validate your best friend who's like protecting you. Right. You have a great life. You're doing great in media. You are beautiful. I agree with her. I don't think this nose is the thing that stands out as being like, oh my God, she needs a nose job. Right. Even though no one needs one. Right. So I do recognize that. And I would start with that, that you don't need this nose job. It's not going right. to change your life. Right. You are pretty beautiful the way you are. Thank you guys. But 
she's the one, it's her nose, and I have to respect the spiritual side, it's hers and no one else's. So I have to give an honest answer for what I do, is that if we were to change this nose, like what would I do? Yeah. And <laughs> I have to connect with you because I'm gonna tell you what I would do, even though I don't think you knew it and need it, but I'm pretty certain I know. Yeah. Is that we have a small little hump yep. with two horns. Mm -hmm. If you should put that down to straight, we don't want a ski slope, uh -huh. just brought down a little bit so it's not dramatic. And then number two and three is, possibly just refine the tip yeah support it up and into your face just a little bit and not up like a pig i'm yep. guessing those are all you want yeah that's all i want maybe a little bit more ski slopey though okay so contoured yeah but you're gonna look like one of those like dolls with the pushed in nose a pixar character <laughs> yes i get that a lot <laughs> a doll with a pushed in nose you get my reference you get my reference <laughs> Um, yeah, I love that we just had that little, that little conversation. That is so true. That's what you probably deal with a lot with people. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then I would say for her, just look at my noses. Cause not, I can't rummage around and pick the right nose that we all agree upon. That does looks unnatural. And usually if you push the limits, you can get that nose, but that's not what she wants. It's not what I want is that pushed up nose like a doll. That's not what we want. Mm -hmm. I want to just take whatever she's got that she's already comfortable in. And, and she's like, really? You're confident? Yeah. So I don't want to change that. Just take whatever the, the things that she doesn't like and give it what it needs and get out. Mm -hmm. okay. And that's why I say usually look at my pictures before and afters. You may not like them. Mm -hmm. And there's 20 things about I hate what every nose that I personally do. I look at everything and it bothers me. But what I show is all my noses are at least come out natural. Mm -hmm. They don't change their essence. Okay. And then so we would start to show you some noses that are kind of like this. Are we on the same page goal-wise? So then do you have to break a nose to do something like that? It's a so Break is such a <laughs> saw movie kind of thing. Yeah. We surgically, <laughs> right. finessely, <laughs> meticulously do what we need to do. Mm -hmm. okay. um, yeah, it's breaking the nose, but controlled break. Got it. Well, I will say I got breast implants when I was 23. Best decision of my life ever. Um... And it did, like, it did change my life in really positive ways for myself because suddenly I, I was always obsessed with being super skinny. And then when I got breast implants, I was like, I'm like a curvy girl. And, and it changed the way I related to my body and myself, and it really helped me. So I, I don't know. I'm just such an advocate for people who want it and who are healthy to, to, to do it if they want it. I have to say, being a person who's obsessed with boobs, mm -hmm. I appreciate that you did that because <laughs> I get to admire them every time I see you. So thank you. You're welcome, Dana. <laughs> it's like every day she comes in and she just says, hey, by the way, here you go. You're welcome. Like, here you go, Dane Dane. I love boobs so much. And I think it was because I like developed them later in life. So like when I was younger, I would always try to glimpse boobs. Not in a perverted way, but I was just like, I wanted them on my body. It sounds a little pervy. So no, I would but like, always... How, how great is it for her that she didn't have to go to plastic surgery? I want them and boom, they showed up from the world. <laughs> I wanted my hump to go away from my nose. And guess what? I kept on glimpsing it. Guess what? I didn't just wake up and suddenly it was gone. Just staring at <laughs> yeah, creeping could, on people's noses. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. It wasn't magical. You're lucky. You got boobs out of nowhere. Yeah, you, that's true. And you have great boobs. Congratulations. I, okay, so I feel like I could probably go like a cup size bigger, but when people come in, I know that this is not what you do, but in general, like if they're getting breast enhancement and it's only one cup, do you guys say like, nah, that's not really worth the surgery? I think that's between the surgeon and the patient. Yeah. There's some pa doctors I know that like do push bigger. If you're going to do it, do it. If you're going to go, you know, go big or go home. Although, and then there's other doctors, maybe a little more like me, who listen and then find out what they want and give them customized the kind of what they want. Yeah. But I don't think there's a wrong or right answer. That's why there's so many great surgeons here is that I always tell patients, you know, interview one to two. Well, at least get a good idea and see who you connect with. It's not just the art. It's also who you connect with. If you're putting your body, your face into someone's hands, I mean, there's a lot of good talent here. And you might hear a referral and watch their pictures, but also go and see if you connect with them, right? Because maybe some people want to be pushed. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I wish I just got bigger. I wish the doctor pushed me. Then find someone who is more aggressive. If you want someone to control you, find someone who listens more. Um, and so both options are available. I don't know which one's better for breasts. That's not my kind of expertise or like what I've practiced mentally or psychology behind it. Noses, face, I'm a little bit more understanding of that. So your plastic surgeon is like your, um, like your boyfriend. Yeah, therapist, boyfriend, listener, you know. Are there specific 
any specifics that you can think of that like uh, a procedure you did with somebody and they it, like really not change their life completely, but like maybe that like boost of self esteem and and that's that's the drug. Yeah. I guess you're a comedian, right? And I, yeah. I'm really interested in the comedy lifestyle. And if I could choose anything in life, it would have been comedian. Like, that's my dream. It's like the rock star of acting. So is, yeah. Oh my gosh. Is Dr. Kem like your hero? Who? Dr. Kem. Yeah, I mean, a different humor sense, but like pretty cool that he kind of does the both thing and I can kind of admire that because I I can totally get his war that's going on in his head. Like he's a doctor, he's Asian. Yeah. Like he's been pushed that direction and he's meticulous and he wants to study and then he still has this thing and he did it. You yeah, know, and I'm it. so proud of him. Yeah, um, but for for you guys, it's like I would love to come. I write jokes. I give them to Chris Wild. <laughs> you know, I was like, Chris, if you like it, don't tell me. Just use it and just tell me how it worked. You know, like, I love that. Yeah, he's so always kind. He's always says it's great, but I don't know if he ever uses. It. <laughs> oh my god, but, Chris uh, Wild. I think it's like you know that one night when I hear from comedians, it's like when every joke's working, the crowd is like giving you what you love and then everything's just working on fire and they're dying their belly laugh and you kind of and it makes you more funny yeah and sell your same joke you've done a thousand times that much better i think those storylines that you just ask are the reason you do it it's yeah. such a stressful job taking patients faces of surgery the healing time the bruising the swelling the ups and the downs and then me taking it home and like how's the person feeling i feel so much for them and then, you know, sometimes they're angry for no reason or there's, you know, they're angry they didn't get what they wanted or it wasn't exact. I didn't interview them correctly. I found out that I would never make them happy or whatever it is. Right. There's so much stress to that. But that night, just like in a comedy night, is when I get, like, cards in the mail or emails to Gladys, like, and they're really, really funny. They're like, I, I still remember one who I took a patient to through and she's like, she said, oh, by the way, I want to say that it's been a year since I had rhinoplasty and I've always hated the right side of my profile and we had taken care of it. And she's like, I started letting people sit to the right side of me during dinner. Wow. And I was, and I was like, and what I heard from reading it was I gave her freedom. Like yeah. something that was bothering her wow. and, and, and she was insecure about, which is really why I was interviewing her. What, why are you, there's some insecurity and I want to deal with that insecurity mm-hmm. and take it away to help you. So I took away her insecurity and she was pretty much writing that she had freedom. And then of course, six months later, oh my God, I met a guy, and it's because I'm so confident. It has nothing to do with the nose. Right, of course. Absolutely nothing. Of course. But she feels freedom. It led to something. Now they're married. She got two kids. And I get like little messages once every couple of years. Like, oh, I had my second kid. I still love my nose. I'm like, that's so nice to hear. Oh, that is so nice. So that's the crack. That. Why, why do you think people have so much judgments about it? That's super interesting. I want to ask you guys, actually, because you guys do the whole comedy and versus... You know, yeah. I, okay, I come across this a lot where, you know, I'll be like, oh my God, this, you know, this actress or this person on Instagram or whatever, she's so beautiful. And then another, a girl will respond. And sometimes guys will be like, oh my God, she's gotten so much work done. No way. And I was like, you can't take away the fact that she's like the most stunning person because she's gotten like her lips, maybe her nose. And that's it. Like she's still beautiful regardless of what procedure. So I don't understand why people just totally kind of like attack it. I, I find that interesting too. It's almost like hater mentality. Like if you say what? this up and coming comedian is super funny, uh, they, they played like coffee shops for like every day, like, you know, or whatever, like they'll say some negativity or, of the work that it took to get there. Like I would never do that. Oh my God. The biggest thing is like with, with Chelsea and like with Whitney. Oh yeah. They like, they fucked some guys to get to the top. And I'm like, so they're not funny, so they're not like talented, right? Like that's, it's yeah, that's more yeah. of a society thing that unfortunately maybe it's an, I don't know if it's true. I'm just saying if if she was like that, that's more of a society thing of how you get noticed or what we have to yeah. do. That's we're working on equality that those things should not happen. But that's but how I'm saying I that, feel... is that funny that someone's famous and they're like, oh, it's because exactly. And then like this comic will take off quicker. Oh, his dad has connections. So it's so it's jealousy. I think if it's a good work and someone's saying this is beautiful and there's this feeling of, but they're not natural, so I'm better that that I didn't do that. I don't know. And that's a tough one for me. I think I get that a lot. And it's kind of a a quandary because people do, let's talk about judgment. Um, I'm a facial plastic surgeon and I am spiritual and I do care and I am loving and I'm particular about my work, but there's a judgment when I say I'm a facial plastic surgeon, Mm -hmm. right? Like, right? That I am a plastic surgeon. Right. And, you know, like, oh, so you just like to fix people for money. Right. I am a doctor. 
are you? And I'm like, oh, all right. So So like, you know what it is? And people used to once think that psychology and going to a therapist was a negative thing. Like, oh, only people who go to a therapist or a counselor are crazy. Right. That's I a good totally point. disagree. I think everyone should go to a therapist. I actually always ask patients, do you think Kobe Bryant was able to do what he does without a coach? Right. You're not born with what you want to do. And so it's okay to have a coach for therapy. I think it's a coach. Yeah. And so for me, I'm just an insecurity coach. You know, yeah. like if I can take it away respectfully and have you do a good job with it in life, then I've done the right thing. But yeah, you can ruin it by just telling people down the street, you need a nose job, here's my business card. Right. That's taking someone's insecurity and bastardizing it. Right. Why, so why do they have a bad rap? I don't know. You're telling me. Like when you say that this one's beautiful. Oh, past surgeons? Or... Mm-hmm. I think you posed it pretty well with that question. Like, yeah. When you say someone's beautiful and someone comes in and says, oh, they had work done. Um, tell me what your thoughts of that same situation. Um, I think my first thought would be jealousy. Mm-hmm. Because somebody like feeling insecure within themselves. I'm, I'm sorry, somebody who's secure within themselves and feels beautiful is like very quickly to be like, oh, they are beautiful. But I think someone who maybe is a little insecure and maybe would want to do that but feels i guess judged by society if they did it or they're scared to do it because then they might feel that people will think about them what they are judging right there's like a there's a judgment that like even i even i grew up where my mom was just like oh girls who get boob implants are floozies or yeah big boobs (laughs) i love floozies floozies look at all these bimbos with fake boobs and i'm like Okay. Because you're not having the fun that they are. So right. therefore, I... <laughs> and of course, there's like the, you know, Kardashian craze where it's, people are like, it's going too far and blah, 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 blah. And it, uh, you don't have to speak on that. Um, they all look fantastic. But it must know, be tough for them, though. Well, yeah. They're doing it all, getting all the attention. And then people are judging them for doing the exact thing that people are watching for. Yeah. 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 Right. It's kind of, I feel for them sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll be okay, but... I'm I... sure they'll be fine. I don't mean it that way, but I say that, you know, it brings out this stuff we're talking about. And yeah. I have a little bit more of the spiritual answer for it, maybe, you know, more on the comedy side, but I think for this answer, I feel like I have a feeling, because I think I've been through it when I was younger too, is whenever someone gives someone else a compliment, why is it that we as people seem to contort it to say that we are not as good as that Aww. person? So yeah. I wonder if their defense mechanism, if you say this girl is beautiful, they're hearing that you're not beautiful, yeah. themselves are not beautiful. And then they're like, yeah, but they're all plastic. Right. And I think what happens when you're spiritual is that you want to enjoy other people's wins. So my friends, they do well. I love it. Yeah. I love hearing people do well in their careers or whatever it is. It doesn't make me feel bad about me. Yeah. It makes me feel like I want to work harder for me. But and that's a different but way. But you are like in alignment with your purpose. Right. So I feel like people who aren't in alignment with their purpose, who haven't found that yet, it's just frustrating. Yeah. And, and that plastic surgery will not help that person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's so perfect. I feel like you nailed it. Nailed. Um, I was telling Speaking you... Speaking of getting nailed, that's also the reason people want to get plastic surgery. Sex? Yeah, sex is a huge part. Wow. Attractiveness. Yeah. Being sexually attracted to the other per, um, partner or whoever, you know, girl, boy. Uh, I think sex, look, gotta talk about it. I think it's a big deal because if you're confident and you sell yourself, you're going to get more sex. Yeah. If that's all it is, is confidence. I, I mean, that's what you're saying at the end of the day is that you just are giving people confidence that they could have without the surgery, but for some reason there's a quantum leap they're not able to take. Yeah. I tell patients I was jokingly once I get to know them we're at that level. Like, you know, they're like, you're looking great now. Your next thing is, I always say, exercise, meditation, get yourself going, therapist, that's going to help. And eventually get laid. You know, <laughs> like that, that, that'll help you through this process. Where do I sign up? <laughs> I was telling you guys on the elevator up, um, I there was this woman who's in the spiritual community in Los Angeles. And obviously I speak very freely about my breast implants and getting Botox. I've been getting Botox since I was 17 years old, which is insane. I'll tell you guys about that in a moment. But um, she was like, you should not be getting Botox. It's just not like a good thing to to be spreading to people and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. And then I went to get Botox and saw her there <laughs> getting it too. And I was like, you little liar. Did she try to like avoid you and act like... She, didn't see she you. pretended she didn't see me. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. even worse. But I feel like people are asking you to be a hypocrite about it because 
most women in Los Angeles around our age range are going to get some Botox. Like, who cares? And But they're like, just don't say it because you don't want to be a bad like influence or say that people aren't beautiful. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just going to tell the truth. And this is what I like. Yeah. 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 It's a tough one. Women get a lot of judgment. Yeah. I feel sometimes because it's like you do it and everyone's doing it. But then when you talk about it, it's like, don't talk about it. Exactly. So I don't know. There's no sharing there. No. And, and also men will be like, you know, you could put that money to so many better things. You could send it to a third world country. I'm like, you own a boat. Like what, what are you talking about? Yeah. What happened with the, you getting Botox at 17? Oh, okay. So my dad's real confessions. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my dad, <laughs> my dad's partner, um, my dad's a gynecologist and his partner was a gynecologist, but he went a little like, well, first he just became great, but then it, he was obviously in like a manic state, but he became a plastic surgeon and started practicing from my dad's hospital. And I would just go visit him after school. And I was like at my dad's office and be like, hi, I let's play with my face. And so he in full manic episodes, just started doing tons of Botox on me when I was 17. Did your dad know? Yeah. He was fine with it? My parents are so weird. Yeah, because he was. It's so strange because they're so strict on everything. But I'm like, I have fake boobs and I'm getting Botox. And they're like, okay, have fun. Is this when before or after you had braces? After. (laughs) I just imagine your face being like paralyzed, not being able to move it. And you said braces. With braces. With braces. (laughs) I'm like, I'm so hot right now. I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. (laughs) Is braces considered plastic surgery? Great point. Should we yes. accept our teeth being all dangly and stuff? See, you oh, could send that money. You could you send, send that, that money. money yeah. Oh, by the way, did you? You guys smell so nice. By the way, Thank the you, shampoos me. that you buy and you shave your armpits. We I use deodorant, and both you guys. I mean, you spend You're money th- on cosmetics, and like you guys get haircuts yeah. and hair right. color, and I got my nails done. Mm-hmm. Like, is, is that is that too much? Is that? I mean, we do that. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we not judge? Me, Pay to get her hair blown out, yeah. spray tans. Like, Isn't that to make you feel better and look pretty? Yeah. That's a really good point. I've had braces and Invisalign. I've had braces. Wow, you are one vain bitch. <laughs> Just kidding. Seriously, my face that you How? see before you, by the way, guys, Dude. it's so unnatural. If you even say that I'm good looking, I hate myself. I'm like, you have no idea. I fixed my nose, my teeth. Yep. I got a facial a couple of weeks ago. I mean, <laughs> you yep. should see me when I'm real. I took a shower this I morning. I took a shower and I combed my hair with gel and products. Well, this is exciting because while I have been getting Botox since I was 17, Dana has never gotten Botox before. In my life, my sister... No, uh, my sister's like, I think she came for my birthday a couple years ago and she was like, how have you not done Botox yet? And I was like, I don't know. I just never really thought about it. And so she's kind of like been on my case to like do Botox. But I don't, I think, I mean, I think it it comes from love of like me being a performer and like moving my face so much and just like preventative stuff. Um, But what would you, yeah, what, what do I need done? That's like the best question. That's like a party question. Yeah. And it, people it, ask you that all the time. Used to. Like, what do I need done? Used to. Uh, I'm sure this I is a funny story. You at a party. I'm sure no, that's one of the it's, things it's we talked about. It's one of those. It's really funny because it's a different thought process on it. Because like, what would you do? And I, I remember once, what do I do on my nose? And I was like, I would do this, this, and this. And I just being maybe more too spiritual and feely about it, I just felt like I just ruined this girl's night. Like she's out <gasps> for a night. And she's going to go home and looking in her mirror now, she have this consult of like, you know, what to do or like, what. so I actually don't do it anymore. No one needs anything. And I believe that if you're confident in yourself and the world is telling you to do something and you still don't think you need it, then don't do it. But if you yourself want it, then you come in. Now I say, I don't think anyone needs anything. And I mean that. But if you want it, make an appointment in my office. It's a beautiful office. It's a great view. It's my staff is here. It's a safe place to talk about something that's deeper and we'll talk about it openly. You may walk out of here and say, you know what, I'm really glad I talked about it. I really don't want it after hearing the reality of what goes through it or I'm so happy I came and talked about it. So I don't do that anymore. No one needs anything. Really, they don't. You know but what? I can do education stuff out loud. Like if you want to just say, what is Botox and what my feelings are about a 17-year-old getting it, I can give generic statements and I will. What does that do for if you start at a young age? Like what does that do to so your skin? So the reason it happened is that Botox for everyone out there who does Botox, congratulations, and maybe if I could teach you something. If not, this is simply just an educational thing, is that as we age, our skin gets thinner, 
and gravity pulls it downward. Breasts do that after, you know, they get flatter and gravity pulls them down. Your butt gets volume loss and then sags down. The face is the same exact thing. It's just a different set of aging signs that we see because we have a skeleton that holds everything up. But as we lose volume and gravity comes down, exact things happen to all of us as we age. So things are gonna bother us at different times. So the forehead, as the forehead gets thinner, you start to see the horizontal lines across the forehead. And as the skin gets thinner and becomes paper thin, it folds and now you have a deep wrinkle. So Botox, by relaxing that muscle, will be preventative for a deep wrinkle. So that's why it eventually became very famous. There's three areas, the forehead, the glabella, which is between our brows, those 11 lines, and then the crow's feet on the outside of our eyes. And also with crow's feet, I'm able to put a little injection on the brow, which actually gives the brow a little elevation and opens up right, fights that gravity. So it's a great thing to do when patients get to start This bothering. is literally porn to me. Like, I'm, I'm like, mm, mm. I've never had someone stare at me while I was explaining the science behind Botox. So... I'm like looking straight at her and she's just like staring me down. I feel like I got to take off my bike coat. We are so into this. Yep. Keep going. So when doing it correctly, it relaxes the wrinkles of the face and so it prevents it so now what happened was a study came out two twins my mentor did the study there was two twins one got it for 12 or 13 years and one never did so you imagine that this must be a great podcast like one was all natural and one was okay with doing it so they let the botox wash out for a year and they took pictures at rest and the one who wasn't making those creases of the skin as a thin didn't have wrinkles, and the other one had a little bit more of wrinkles. So it preventative from wrinkles came out in public. Now, 17-year-olds, not you, but 17-year-olds, 20s, are now coming into my office and saying they want Botox when it's preventative. And now here's the problem with me, is that I know that it, do, it doesn't have really prevent it until your 30s, mid-30s, when you start to see it, you can still get the prevention. So all that extra time in your 20s, it's money spent when I think that women should be educating themselves, working on their goals, even men. Everyone should be just focusing on education in the 20s. It's expensive. It's a luxury item. And I kind of feel like you're really not preventing them. You heard prevention, but you can get the same prevention wait a little longer. So I start usually So it doesn't 30s. do anything. It does. It makes you look pretty. You don't have the wrinkles when you do it. But did we, any of us really care about wrinkles at 20s and 30s, 20, early 20s? I don't know. But uh, our skin, you're saying that the skin doesn't thin until your 30s. It starts around 20s, mid-20s. It does start. But this idea of prevention. You so know, I say it's not preventative. I mean, it is preventative, but you can get the same prevention if you wait. However, some patients then will say, I still want it. I like how it looks because I, when I smile, I see the wrinkles. And then I say, okay, now we're talking. You want it. It's mm -hmm. not for prevention. So let's get prevention out of there. You want it. And I then check, are they stable? Are they mature? They're going to go somewhere else. I'd rather have me take care of the patient and be able to say no and stop. So there are, I do have 20-year-old patients in my practice, but it took a, lot, a long hour for me to make sure that we're both on the same page, uh, that we're not just tricking that's prevention. 30s, when it starts going, yeah, it's preventative. You have crow's feet. We've talked about downstairs. Oh, we sh I sure It'll do. prevent those from yeah. getting deeper in the long term. Yep. yep. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I... At 17, I don't know. That was fun, I guess. Did what did you, you like say? the results at 17? Yeah. Okay, then it's fine. Then. Yeah, it was fine. And he didn't go crazy on yeah, it. So it's okay it, if it you was, want it. If you have access fine. to it. And, yeah. yeah. But it was just pay, on my forehead. You're going like, to pay like exactly. 500 bucks when you are like need to pay for tuition. I don't know. It, exactly. It would not be a good thing to be spending your money on. I mean, I, yeah, when I was 20, like I didn't even have money to even spend on Botox. How, where are these? Well, we, we're, we're in Beverly Hills, so. Um, okay, so... I got Botox once on my jaw for teeth grinding. Yep. It was awesome. Botox is this magic drug that was actually made for people who had eye spasms. It's called blepharospasm or eye spasms. So they started using Botox, which just is um, uh, kind of like relax that muscle from doing it. But the side effect was it took away the wrinkles. Yeah. And so now it became an anti-wrinkle thing. So that's how it started. But now they realize that migraines have gotten improved. So they yep. use it for migraine. They use it for TMJ, for patients who oh, grind right. their teeth. That's what I did. So you inject into the muscles that here that kind of grind. But what happens is it also thins the face out. So some patients do it to get more of an oval ah. face. So it thins the face out. People use it in the neck for neck pain, bladder issues. It's pretty amazing. Um, I put it in my vagina. I'm just kidding. <laughs> to relax it? <laughs> Wow, I don't even know where to... Comedian, please take over this one. There's nowhere to go from here. It's just too tight. 
<laughs> okay, so when I went to go get this done, the like Botox in my jaw, he was like, I'm going to film it. I'll give it to you for free. He's a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon, actually, that I'm totally blanking on his name because this was 10 years ago. So I go there. I look crazy. I have a hair and a ponytail like on my forehead, my pajamas on because I'm 23 years old. He films it, and my friend just went to his office the other day and was like, he still plays that tape of me getting that done on loop. And she's like, and you look fucking crazy. Why? Why does he still play it? Yeah. Because he, like, did a promo, and... Uh, it worked. It worked. And, and she's, she's beautiful. Like, They're like, if she's getting it, I should get it. But my friend was like, you look so bad. Like, I looked... I didn't know that for 10 years, everyone in Beverly Hills would be seeing this video of me, and I'm, like, in, a, like, a Tweety Bird shirt with a... It's, you know. That's what you get recognized for. Yeah. That was your claim to <laughs> That's fame. That's my biggest thing. I'm like, yes, yeah, it's me. It's me. It's the DMJ girl, you guys. Calm down. <laughs> so I love it. Braces, <laughs> breast implants, TMJ, Tweety yeah. Bird. Like, like just really painting a picture, together. right? I was obviously down above my my nose when I was younger and got through it. And it's not, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. It's not a perfect nose. It had some healing issues, but, you know, it's not perfect in any way, but it took away the problem that I was insecure about so it is what it is but it's so funny that like that is so gone from my insecurities mm. and so gone from my worries that I just moved on from it but on Instagram as being like a rhinoplasty specialist I mean, it's my fault I'm putting it online I'm taking patients through it showing my results once a week I get lovely comments I think it's really funny that you're a nose specialty surgeon your nose looks like that you need a nose job Right. That's so. Right. But you have the perfect nose. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But the funny part was is that when my wife reads it or some like like someone is like scared of how I'm gonna feel, and I think that's really funny. That was really kind of cool and therapeutic for me that it doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother you anymore. It's gone. At one time it did, but I took care of it. I was empowered. I did it. Yeah. You know, I went and got it done with respect and took care of it, and I'm cool with talking about it, and it's gone. You know. That's amazing. You're the one who kind of wanted this on the show. You reached out to me. Yeah. Let's first talk about that before we put a bow on it. What what part of all of this was kind of interesting well, to you? Well, I just, I, I think my mission on this planet is to be really honest and not have shame because I grew up with a lot of shame about everything. And this is one of the things I'm so um, told I should not be able to do. And I don't care because I like it. So I just, I, even if you are listening to this and you're like, I don't want Botox, I don't want plastic surgery. It's not about plastic surgery. It's not about Botox. It's about doing what you like to do, doing what you want to do and not listening to other people um, who tell you that it's wrong or vapid or whatever. And also not listening to people who are like, you should, you need it. Like, it's just listening to yourself. Love that. Yeah. Why did you do this show? Um, I like how the, it just turned into like, we, <laughs> the interviewers being interviewed. <laughs> um, it felt right. As I said it without it feeling right. That the way that sentence said it, did it. This, I feel like this, well, you were the one who suggested a plastic surgeon. I met after a show, I met this most beautiful woman came up to me and she was so complimentary and so sweet. And she was, um, telling me how much she's into spirituality and like manifestation. And she, I'm like, you're so beautiful. She's like, I bought it all sweetie. And I'm like, I mean, she had like lips and filler and boobs and all that stuff done. And just like the confidence she had with being like, like owning it and saying like, yeah, this is my hard earned money. And, and also being open about being spiritual. Um, totally. I would just, I was like, that's superficial magic. Yeah. And not in a term of like, it's plastic and, and plastic surgery, but it's just kind of, it's the, the mesh of the two worlds, right? Of the spiritual world and the material world and how you don't have to choose one or the other. You can, you can be both. So yeah. Wow. I think that was the bow. I think you should even start with that, yeah. with me asking you two first, and then yeah. we go with my story. Yeah. That was so incredible. Perfect. That's perfect. Where can uh, people find you? So every day we do postings on Instagram. It's Dear Plastic Surgery. That's D-H-I-R Plastic Surgery. 
we do some fun stories. You'll see procedures. I'll show my before and afters. Show a little bit of about me personally, just for patients to get to know me a little bit. Um, and then I have a series on YouTube called Plastic. It's on the Mixed Makeup Network on um, YouTube. Uh, we have about six, seven, eight episodes, and we have about three in the works right now. Um, I hope that you guys enjoy those. And then, of course, you can, we have a website, www.drdeer.com, D-R-D-H-I-R.com. You can write to info at Dr. Deer, and Gladys and I read every email, and we respond, and we'd love to see you. Um, even Skype consults from around the world, we do Skype consults, so about an hour on Skype, and then if we choose to move forward, they fly in and stay over the week and go back. So we do Skype consults, in-office consults, and if you want to DM me a quick question here and there, Amazing. we love answering. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks for the trust on your beautiful foreheads. Uh, you are the best. Um, yes. Where can they find you, Dana? Oh, at Dana Moon Me. And you can find me at Megan Granger. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Superficial Magic. Join the Facebook group. Go rate us five stars. And we love you. Mwah. Thanks, everyone. Bye, Pyre, bitch. Listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.